Andrew Durante. Welcome to the green room. Tell us first of all, mate, where are you? Because uh, we understand you've been on a bit of a road trip lately. Yeah, I've um, made my way around. Uh, I'm in Broome at the moment, so the top of WA. So uh, enjoying some pretty hot weather at the moment. Yeah, it doesn't look like Melbourne. It's definitely not like got a Zoom, you know, uh, virtual background on. But no, he's <laughs> really in paradise. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were we were sort of throwing names up on a on a dartboard to work out where you might be because we we knew you were travelling around Australia, which we were just throwing out guesses, but um. You have been at least, you know, again, like I said to to one of our previous uh, previous guests, Alex Previch. Uh, Josh, he does the he does the serious Wikipedia transfer market searching. Me, I go through the Instagram, so I know yeah. you've been lots of different places. How how has the experience been? It's it's looked like an absolute blast. Yeah, it's been incredible. We uh, we took off basically when the when the season finished. Um, uh, we got out of Melbourne at the right time, and then we headed to Sydney to see family for for a little while, and then. COVID started catching up to Sydney. So then we bailed out of there and, and just kept heading north. So we did the East Coast and avoided lockdowns and, and crossed borders, which is a, a rarity these days. So, um, yeah, went across the East Coast through the middle of the country um, and then up to the top of Northern Territory. And now I'm, I'm over across in the uh, Western Australia in Broome. Wow, what a what a journey! I mean, you certainly had the right idea. I think the rest of us could learn a thing or two from uh, from your approach. Um, you had to keep yourself in perfect condition for so so long. Uh, your longevity uh, was unrivaled amongst A League players. What is it like now? Have you let, let loose a little bit? Yeah, I, I definitely haven't packed on kilos. I don't think that's in my uh, body I don't, type. Just to be all. clear, I don't think that's what Josh was <laughs> suggesting. We don't want to get ourselves in hot water. <laughs> I'm not looking chubby, am I? But, um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, but I've, um, I've enjoyed not having to, uh, you know, exert myself every day. I actually thought that I'd get up and run a bit more, but I've actually done nothing since I've stopped. I've just enjoyed doing nothing, um, eating whatever I want. I've had a a lot more beers than I would ever uh, during my playing day. So, look, I've just made the most of it. Um, you know, I'm pretty active with the kids every day anyway with, with hiking or we go for bike rides and swimming. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. It's been great not having to um, go through the grind every day. Yeah, I bet. And uh, is your family loving having you around or are they getting a bit sick of you now? I think they're pretty sick of me by now, but that's, uh, it's bad luck. We're all stuck in a van together, so they've got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, how has, how has that, that van life been going? Because uh, have you been at the taking the caravan with you everywhere you've gone? Has that been your, like, I mean, it doesn't look like you're in a caravan right now, so maybe this is a brief departure, but how has that, that caravan life been going? You know, it's, it's, you've got a pretty large family, so it, it must be quite a, like, tired experience. Yeah, look, it definitely takes adjusting. I'd never caravanned before and it was my first time doing it. Um, you know, and three young girls in, in tight um, confines can be testing at times. There's no doubt about it. But, um, you know, to be able to pick up and leave and go to a next destination whenever you want and, and see something amazing and then, you know, you're sick of it and you move to the next spot, you know, just having that freedom of being able to, to change your scenery. You open up the door every day and you're looking at something different. It's just incredible. The kids are loving it. Um, you know, the positives weigh, um, 
uh, our do the the negative situations that that you come across. So I'm I'm in a caravan park at the moment. I'm just in the front office here using uh, their wow. Wi-Fi. But um, yeah, we're we're basically right on the beach here in Broome at Cable Beach, and um, yeah, it's been amazing. I, I I'd love it, and I, I wish I could do it forever, but you, you can't do it. But it's been great. See now I feel bad because here I was accusing you of uh, ditching the caravan life and booking out a five star suite, but no, you are, are still true to form, which is good. But uh, as we said, you've been to so many different places on this this journey around, and you know, eventually you will come back around, hopefully to towards Melbourne. But what's what has been? I know there's many to choose from, but what's been the best experience for you so far? Yeah, there's been so many uh, awesome experiences for different reasons. But I'd have to say, down at Uluru, Ayers Rock, uh, you know, we we got our bikes and rode around Ayers Rock. That was pretty awesome. That was a real special place it's hard to describe but there's something you know really special about the place when you get there and uh we actually did ditch the caravan for uh for five days and we hired a boat and sailed the with sunday so that was uh um, worst things to that, do <laughs> yeah that was pretty epic i'd probably say that's probably the biggest highlight it was just the most amazing five days just you know snorkeling and fishing and and just you know sailing around it was amazing well, this is a football show, not an episode of Getaway, so uh, we better talk football at some point. Uh, tell us about uh, your 356 A-League game career. Have I got that number right? Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it's about right. Um, yeah, look, it was it was long. It was a long career. It was a it was a great career. I loved it. Uh, you know. Um, you know, it's been one of, you know, I won a championship in the old NSL. I won a championship in the in the A-League with Newcastle Jets and, you know, got around, played international football. And, you know, my, I look really fondly back on my career. I think it was, you know, uh, amazing. Um, I was definitely not the greatest player or the best player to ever play it. But, you know, I, I was a battler and I worked hard. And, um, you know, I think that's that's what got me through and, and gave me that longevity that, you know, I was a real fighter and, and just... You know, I loved winning games, so that's kind of how I, I kind of played the game. And what did you bring to Western United when you started in terms of your experience as an inaugural player in a new team, in a new club? Uh, what was that like and uh, how did you set about trying to establish that kind of culture? Yeah, look, when I first spoke to Lou Sticker, who, who was one of the guys who first set up the club, you know, he was... He was just telling me about the the ambition of the football club, the stadium that they were building, how they wanted to build a fantastic team from the get-go and they were willing to spend on marquees. And, you know, it really excited me. Um, It was a blank piece of paper and I thought, you know what, I can go there and help create a culture, um, help create values and really set the groundwork up for a a football club in, in Melbourne. And, yeah, they... You know, I think I did that in that first season. You know, I feel I contributed really well in that first season, especially, you know, we had a lot of new players, um, a lot of big profile players as well to try and manage and and, um, navigate through. So, yeah, look, it was a big challenge. Love it. I'd have zero regrets on on coming to to Western United and and helping set that up. I I loved my time there. And, um, look, I think, you know, I was just on the actually internet before and I saw they've they've turned soil and so there's there's really big moment happening at the football club and I think it's going to grow into a, a really big club. Well, you, you know, you said mentioned before that it was um you know your A League career was something that you look back on fondly. I think the the overwhelming thing is that a lot of people uh, and I'm talking fans of Western United and previous clubs you've played for uh, look back fondly on your career in in the A League as well, like. In a short space of time, I think you made yourself into a, a really cherished uh, player and character for a lot of Western United fans. 
and of course you know, everyone knows your exploits with Wellington before that. Is it a, a, a weird feeling for you to be basically a, a club legend at more than one club? Uh, um, look, uh, I guess that's a tagline that, that people will add. You know, yeah, it's not something that I would uh, you know add to myself. But obviously in Wellington, it was a long time, 11, 11 years there as the captain, you know, you know, of course, I've got a legacy there and uh, and some incredibly great moments. Um, you know, I won in a championship at Jets so, and, and a Joe Marsden medal with them. And, yeah, and then Western United was just another, um, and another, I guess, path for me to kind of prove myself and, and test myself. I, I love to constantly test myself and see if I can make an impact in other environments and, and how I would fare in other environments. So, um, yeah, it's every team has different challenges and, and every club has different challenges and um, you know you just got to figure out ways of adapting and um, connecting with people and that's something that I, I, I enjoy doing so it was easy for me. I want to take you back to the the group in that first season and it was sort of the wise old heads of the A-League that that lineup it was a very savvy uh, experienced team lots of big personalities in there Barisha, McDonald, uh, Ershan Gulam, Paniotis Kone of course Diamante still there and goes without saying. Uh, what was that uh, group of players like to work with and, and play with? Oh, I loved it. You know, when they started signing these players, I was like, mate, this is this is the club I want to be at. They, they want to win it. They don't want to wait two, three, four years to try and win it with a young group of kids. They want to try and win it now. Um, you know, to sign someone like Diamante and Fane Altisconi, you know, that was a massive statement. That was a huge statement to say, look, we're here to win it. We want to win it. And that's our ambition. So that really got me fired up. Getting Urson Bullenbach, Scott McDonald, Bessard Barisha, Josh Risden, like that's a that's a massive lineup of, of players and experienced players. And, um, you know, we started off incredibly well, um, you know, in that first season. And then we kind of had a dip, some players left for whatever reason. And, we went through a bit of a lull, but then we finished strong again um, and, and was one game short of the of the grand final. So, look, there was, you know, I think people say, oh, all these big personalities, surely there's a big clash in that. But we were all just good pros that just wanted the best for the team. And, um, you know, no one thought they were above anyone else. If there was an issue, we'd all get together and, and try and iron it out. So there was definitely no big ego thing there. Um, we all worked really well together. And I think the defining performance of that, those early days with that group of players is probably the comeback uh, at Marvel Stadium against Melbourne Victory, 2-0 down. Most sides would lose their heads at that point, going 2-0 down in, in such uh, dramatic early circumstances. But he just level-headed, played your football, kept playing out from the back. And, I mean, that was honestly a stunning comeback. It must have been amazing to be a part of it. Oh, definitely one of the highlight games. And, and I guess probably the game that really put us on the map to say, hey, we, we are here. We're not just pretenders here. We, we want to actually try and do something to knock victory off at home. Um, you know, coming back from behind, like you said, it was it was huge. Um, you know, I, I remember clearly when, when the first goal went in and then the second goal went in and I just looked around and everyone's just saying, relax, it's fine, don't worry, keep playing. And when you hear that, and when you're saying that to other people, everyone just goes, all right, actually, we might be all right. And then I think it was Diamante scored the first goal. And then once that went in, I was like, right, we're going to get back in this. And, yeah, one of the games for, for the ages that'll be, that was a cracking game. Yeah, and, I, you know, that season, uh, the 2019-20 season, obviously the first for the club, but you were still, I think you started 26 games that season. So you were still a super, super, not even a super regular starter. You were a constant starter. It was an impressive thing to do for, for someone 
you know, um, coming towards the end of their career. And I think that's probably the most impressive thing about your career is not just the longevity, but the consistency. I know I think you would have played most, most of your years in the A-League would have been 20 plus games a season. I mean, what's your, you know, for other players who are getting towards their mid to late thirties and thinking, I don't know how many years of this thing I've got yet. What is your, your secret to this incredible longevity? Because a lot of older players, as they get towards the end, that the amount of games they play start to taper off. But that was, that was not the case for you at all. Yeah, I actually think I probably played my best football um, under Mark Rudin at Wellington at 36 and then, you know, Wesley United at 37 and 38. Um, you know, I, I'd have to say I've got to give credit to Mark. He, he kind of stripped all the players back. He got everyone, you know, so lean and so fit. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Over the years, you know, when I first started my career, I had really bad injuries. I broke my leg uh, when I was 21, missed the Athens Olympics, uh, got back 18 months later, broke my leg again, went playing for Newcastle Jets in a preseason game. So I guess the football gods looked after me. You know, they, they, they punished me at the beginning for whatever reason and then like, looked after me at the end because after that I was basically consistent uh, every, every um, season. You know, I understood my body really well. Um, I knew what I could do and, and what I couldn't do and how hard to push myself and, and when to taper off. Um, sports science now, I think every player should be easily playing over 35, 36. You know, no question about it with the technology that they have, the, the ice baths, the recovery systems, the, the technologies there for you to play as long as you want if you look after yourself. Um so, yeah, and, and I was just – I never wanted to give my spot up. I wanted to play every week. There were times that I got – I remember I got food poisoning the day before a game. I was in hospital on a trip, and, I, and they're like, oh, you know, we'll see you next week. I said, no, I'm playing. I'm coming tomorrow, and I'm playing. I said, I'll hydrate myself. I'll, I'm good to go. And I, I just didn't want to give my spot up to anyone. I just wanted to play every game because I knew it was a privilege to, to be on that park and, and to represent whatever team I played for. That season was interrupted course uh the covid lockdown then the bubble and it seems as if some teams struggled in that environment but western united seemed to improve uh you mentioned out a mid-season dip before that and then really uh the football that you played towards the end of the campaign into the final series was some of your best what, what was it about that bubble environment that maybe brought the team closer together I'll, I'll tell you the secret to that bubble it was um all the other, so Victoria was in a full lockdown. We couldn't leave our home for anything. We were we were kind of trapped. All the other states were actually, you know, could move around. They could they could go to cafes still. They could do what they wanted. And then all of a sudden, the bubble hit, and we're all in a bubble together. And we were staying at Coogee. So every day we'd wake up. We're at Coogee Beach. We'd open up the blinds. We're like, this is incredible. We could go for a swim at the beach if we wanted. We're like, we're in. This is unbelievable. We're in freedom. This is heaven. And all the other teams that had been in luxury were out at like. Parramatta staying at it, looking out at a car park every day. And I honestly, I honestly believe that that mindset where the club put us was, was the catalyst for us having such a good run in that, those last six games in the final series, because you, you saw the top teams, they were falling away and we were just, we were going, we were rising in those games. And I'm telling you the camaraderie we had in, in that Coogee beach hotel. And that was just, was unreal. And, and the club did everything they could to make us, feel at home and, and we had snooker tables and, and table tennis tables and, you know, we, we felt relaxed and, and fired up and I think the other teams went the opposite way. So you're a big believer in the sort of off-the-pitch socialising, improving on-field performances and that mentality and the positivity? 
Oh, without okay. doubt. I mean, I was I was speaking to Steve Taylor at Wellington, and he's like, uh, "Let's finish this season. I want to get out of here." You know, I'm looking at a car park in Parramatta. I'm like, "Man, this is." I'm opening up the blinds every day. I've got Cudi Beach looking out. I'm going for a swim, and honestly, we're just getting in the minds of all the other players. They were just hating it, and uh, yeah, definitely. If you if you're happy outside of football and, and everything's going well in your life outside, it, it definitely plays a part in, in playing well on the field. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking back to that time you sparked a memory. I can still remember clearly in my mind all the all the the joyous Instagram stories from Alessandro Diamante at that time, just poolside, <laughs> him having a great time. It was clear that you weren't the only one uh, enjoying that uh, that atmosphere at that time. No, we were loving it. Like I said, we we were in such a bad way in Victoria. We hadn't seen it. We hadn't been out of our houses. So to actually have a little bit of freedom was just incredible. So yeah, like I said, it definitely played a part in that run. I'm just thinking back to the memories of that crazy time. And uh, I remember there was a attempted airport run that oh, didn't quite go to plan before a, a border closed. There was there was three of them. We tried to get out. Uh, Greg O'Rourke tried to get us on a flight three times to get us out of there. We'd be waiting at the airport. We were just waiting to get on our flight, and then all of a sudden, boys, you got to go home. So everyone just had to go home again. And we tried three times to get out, and we eventually got there. And um, yeah, Greg O'Rourke wasn't a, a popular man when we saw him in the um, when we saw him in the in the uh, hotels. Well, we were basically following that through Deer's Instagram. And yeah. uh, I remember he was still bubbly, still making jokes, still laughing, saying things in Italian I didn't understand. And then the camera at one point cuts to Bez, yeah. <laughs> just icy daggers, like, what are you doing to me? Yeah, look, you know, Deer's the perfect person to have in a situation like that. You know, he's always joking and laughing and, you know, he's catch boy boy of just being positive all the time. So, uh, yeah, he was he was a perfect leader at that time to um, keep the mood pretty happy. Well, Andrew, I think I think it's clear that, you know, in your, uh, you know, in the grand scheme of your career, short space of time that you did spend at, at Western United, you, you've made a lot of good memories, a lot of happy memories. And I... I get the sense that perhaps that's feeding into, you know, a potential role uh, for you at the club when you make your way back from your journey around the uh, outside of Australia. Yeah, well, that's the plan. The plan is um, when I'm ready to come home. I don't know when that is, but when I'm ready to come home, uh, you know, I want to be a part of the club. You know, I didn't come just to to play a couple of seasons and then take off. You know, I want to help build the football club. I I really believe in what they're doing. you know, where I'll fit in is still something that I kind of am tossing up a bit because I kind of love every aspect of the game. I love the coaching side. I love the operational side, um, you know, the corporate side of it as well. But, you know, I've had a bit of time to think while I have been on the road. And, you know, I'd love to give back in, you know, to the youth system and, and help develop some of the younger players. Uh you know, I see all these kids with so much talent and so much skill that I didn't have. But, you know, no one really works on the mental side of it enough. I don't think, you know, there's enough time spent on grafting. And, you know, if you want to make it, you've got to be fit. You've got to deal with setbacks. You've got to deal with coaches not liking you and how do you overcome that. So that part of the game is something that I'm pretty passionate about. So if I can incorporate that uh, in my time at Western United, I'd be um, pretty happy with that. Well, listening to you there, I'm, I'm reminded of what you were saying earlier about when you first joined the club, you know, the, the, the vision that you discussed with Lou at the time, um, that long-term plan to, to really in literal and in figurative terms build something uh, with Western United. It, it seems like that um, that ambition and those goals are, are, are something that have stuck with you and that, that you want to see through. 
yeah, I definitely want to see through it. Like I said, I don't like to start things and uh, just take off on them. You know, it's it was a commitment that I made that I, I'd like to come back to Melbourne. Uh, I spoke to Chris, um, the CEO, on several occasions and, you know, they're, they're keen on having me back there and, and helping grow the football club. So um, they've also given me their blessing to, to continue travelling, which has been lovely. And, uh, look, it's it's been really good for my transition you know there's something that's not spoken enough about is the transition in in retirement and and it's difficult it's difficult for anyone it doesn't matter if you've made millions or you've made you know small amount of money the transition after football is is difficult um but this trip around Oz and spending time with my family and you know has really taken my mind off that and really helped me um ground myself and and refocus so this is probably the best thing that I've uh you know, ever done and my family are loving it and I'm loving it. So it's, it's been a great thing for me in this transitional phase. Well, I was going to ask you about the current uh, set of players, the current team and how they're shaping up. I'm not sure if you've watched a single minute of that, if you've been uh, on a well-deserved break, but uh, Leo Lacroix and Tomoki Amai as a central defensive partnership have certainly been turning some heads so far this season. And as a, as a former center back yourself, that must be pleasing to see. Yeah, Leo's a great signing. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a massive human. Uh, you know, he's, he stands so tall at the back there and he's he's got beautiful feet. He, he's a strong leader and from what I'm hearing from all the players, a great guy and his first two games have been really good. He's been really solid. Um, so I think he's been a fantastic signing for the club. Um, Tamaki is Tamaki. He's always consistent and, um, you know, he's, he's been playing really well. Um, Top of Stanley is riding their tails big time as well. You've got a guy that could easily be starting in that team. So, you know, that's really healthy, you know, to keep them on their toes. If you don't play well, then there's someone ready to step in and, and do really well. So Top of you know, we'll be waiting for his chance. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a strong squad. You know, if I actually look at the squad on paper, I'd probably say it's one of the strongest squads um, over the three years. I think there's a really good balance. Um, I think Kilkenny's a great signing. Um, you know, the new striker comes with a, a great pedigree. You've got Denzel, Wenzel Hawes, um, you know, who's, who's chipped in with his first goal on the weekend. So... From, what, from speaking to the players and everyone in the crowd around the club, it's it's super positive. There's good energy around there and, and they're feeling like there could be something special this year. Mm. Well, I mean, it is only two games into the season, but from both of our opinions and, and many others across who have watched Western United play, it does seem like that central defence is going to be a real asset to the team over the course of the season. Uh, if and when you, you do return, are you going to have to resist the sort of subconscious urge at training to to jump back into those defensive training drills and and get in amongst that solid defence? No, I probably will. I probably want to get straight into it. Um, probably rip my hammy or do something stupid. I haven't been injured my whole career, and then I'll probably get injured when I jump in a training session with uh, as a coach or something. But no, nah, look, I'm pretty passionate about. Um, you know, helping the younger generation with, even as a defensive coach, you know, I look at some of the games in the A-League and some of the mistakes that are being made. And, you know, I think there's such easy things to, to fix, um, but it just takes repetition and time for, to focus on them. But look, I think John Ellis is doing a great job at the moment. I'm sorry, that was a fly. Uh, John Ellis is doing a great moment uh, job at the moment. And um, Hayden Fox as well, like all the players are speaking so highly of Foxy's contribution to the club. And yeah, I'm really excited about the season. And like you said, it's only early days, but, um, you know, it's some good signs. Well, plenty to be excited about. This Saturday, 7.45pm, Amy Park against Melbourne City. It is an away match. 
that one. But uh, coming up against the best the competition has to offer is, uh, is sure to be a stern test. So should be a good one to watch on prime time Saturday night. Yeah, look, they look the favourites again. Uh, to be honest, they're they're a super team. Um, they got pipped over in Adelaide, but Adelaide's a tough place to go uh, anyway. But yeah, I'd say Melbourne City are definitely the front runners again to to take it out potentially. And then coming up on Tuesday, the seventh of December, FFA Cup tie against Wellington Phoenix, your former side at uh, at GMHBA. I mean, it must be tough for Wellington again this year to be playing away from home and living in another country. Yeah, oh, mate, no no doubt about it. What they did last year and, and how they had to kind of finish the season in that in that bubble and being away from family so long and then base themselves in Wollongong and, you know, credit to them, credit to everyone because, you know, they, they're desperate to stay in the league. They want to be a part of it, they're, you know, and, and they deserve to be there and the long-term future of, of Wellington is, is there now and, um yeah, to again go and be based themselves in uh, Sydney is, is so difficult. I, you know, I put myself in their shoes of, you know, having to leave family members potentially, you, you know, wife and kids to stay over in Wellington at school and you've got to come over. So it's definitely not easy, but, man, they're playing super football. They've got a very, Absolutely. I'm going to say this in a nice possible way, average team on paper, but, you know, Tale's got them playing some really good mm. football as well. Yeah, definitely well drilled. Well, speaking of uh, getting back to family, we'll let you get back to yours, Andrew Durante. Uh, go back to your tropical paradise and enjoy the rest <laughs> of your holiday. And uh, we'll welcome you back with open arms when you come back to the west of Melbourne. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys.